This is at Trustworthy Slav. This is at Incognito, C-O-H. CRKBlack.com build. This is the Fed Post. You guys remember uh, Mystery Men? You ever remember that movie? I remember Mystery yeah, Men. I saw that. That's Mystery like Men. Mystery. Well, I can't say because it's been years since I've seen it, but I feel like Mystery Men would hold up. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But that also had uh, Smash Mouth at the end. You know, it's really. Did it really? Yeah, I think so. I think it that did. like two year period from like 99 to 01. You know, we were talking about Rat Race before we were rolling. Mm-hmm. That that whole period where they were just putting Smash Mouth at the end of every movie, and it never gets died. old. Yeah, I think it kind of died with Shrek. It was like such a big movie that incorporated it so heavily that it was just like, all right, we gotta fucking like, we gotta kill this now. That was in a two thousand and one. Then things Somebody. went bad. <laughs> that was the the golden era. No, yeah, Rad Race. Yeah, I I remember that. Like it was like one of those things, like ensemble cast, like you know, sort of things. Just like uh, yeah, that's what makes it so great. Like, yeah. you don't realize like everybody in that movie is a star. Yeah, Whoopi's in it in Cuba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Whoopi is in that movie. <laughs> was Cuba fresh off Snow Dogs or was that later? I think that was later because okay. I remember seeing Snow Dogs. Yeah, that was Dog. the I remember next renting year. it. At, yeah, it, I'm the, pretty the sure. The year it was after that. There. That was a good one. Holy shit. I got, I'm going to go back and rewatch that. <laughs> I mean, good is a word for it. It's something. <laughs> no, it's a good film, bro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is the pod split right now on Snow Dogs? Uh, they do, this is the true divide on Fred Post. <laughs> is is, is uh, uh, what, what Cuba pill have you taken? <laughs> I don't God think I've seen it. Snow Dogs. I think the next movie we should do for a Fed Post film app is uh, Gifted Hands. The uh, one. the Ben Carson biopic starring oh, Cooper no Gooding fucking Jr. way! It's no a real thing. Look it up, way. you motherfucker! That's insane. <laughs> it's about yeah, Ben dude. Carson. <laughs> it actually well, the crazy thing is, is the script was actually originally meant to be uh, uh, a spinoff of Snow White with the sleepy dwarf character, but then they just rewrote it to be Ben Carson. <laughs> Bro, it's produced by Johnson and Johnson, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's on tnt so or it was on tnt dude they're gonna straight up they're gonna it, like years ago it'll have uh it'll have like messaging about the the covid vaccine like years <laughs> pretty good programming dude <laughs> easter eggs yeah i was actually talking about ben carson the other day with somebody and i had totally forgotten you remember that entire thing he did where he was like i was a young man and I tried to stab somebody and it like yes. hit their belt <laughs> buckle. No, I don't remember this. Yes. Or no, sorry, sorry. It was more like, it's like, I tried to stab someone <laughs> and thank God. Holy shit. I stabbed that belt buckle. And That's like, a classic. Yo, is yeah, Ben Carson like, Corn like, Pop? No, no. I just, I just Googled, <laughs> uh, I Googled uh, Ben Carson stabbing. And the first result is a Washington Post article titled in 2015, why Ben Carson's claim that he stabbed someone is so key to his appeal to white America. Whoa. <laughs> like, what a oh, fucking headline, dude. Holy Damn. shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember well, Trump made fun of him for it. Made fun of Carson. It was like, yeah, that's, it bounced off the bell, but who believes this shit? <laughs> it's like, if I was trying to stab someone, I wouldn't hit a belt. Aim for the head, dude. Though. I mean, that's just, it's a hilarious, like, I, I got, I just love that, man. How come like, he's aiming so low? Is he trying to give him the old one, two? <laughs> yeah. He's trying to, he's, he's well, that was also, out. 
he's he's also trying to um he's also trying to appeal to the main Republican base. So he was trying to say he was going to circumcise the person, That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it didn't really go over you know, all that well. I always mix up uh, Ben Carson with Herman Cain because I'm racist. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I was just thinking for a second, like, wait, did Ben Carson die? I they were both the token Bro. black guy at the Republican debate. They really were the Herman ex- Cain that died, right? That's, I had the exact yeah. same mix up the other night. Yeah, yeah. No, it, yeah, I mean, that's. R. I think that's fair because, like, they were presented as, like, the token black guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can't, yeah. you can't be racist mixing them up when it was already racist of, like, the the rnc to like do that i think so i think well, we're I think in the clear i, I like turman kane more uh, he had he had more of a folksy appeal in the nine well, nine nine plan well he was a pizza and, guy and he also yeah. when he when he uh when he shuttered his his presidential campaign famously he quoted lyrics yes. from the pokemon, pokemon movie song yes legendary Fucking yeah legendary which like you know in a vacuum is like you know inspiring sentiment absolutely <laughs> i don't know the original author was the uh the line he said that reminds me of those tr- <laughs> I don't, trump videos from the pokemon movie <laughs> 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 fucking base dude dude no but this is the thing though dude that is like as a black candidate that's knowing your demographic right there like the only way he could have done it better is if he's like well from the <laughs> saiyan saga of dragon ball z <laughs> yeah. to quote yes, right. the great raditz Holy shit. Ben, ben carson like uh, calling upon the heart of the cards, dude. <laughs> now, you guys remember when uh, Donald Trump was doing videos with li- like Lincoln Park, but it was like a slow piano version of Lincoln Park. <laughs> no, it was Bro, like uh, it was in the end, but like a slow piano thing. And it was I, I I remember seeing one of these campaign videos, and it was just Trump like. I think he was like backlit on a stage or something in mm-hmm. slow motion. And it's just uh, like a girl singing in the end. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. The, the most no emo way. shit ever. Black pill, bro. Maybe Beats. my mind is making that. Maybe I just dream that. No, I think that's no. real because <laughs> I just Googled it. And I'm seeing Linkin Park sends cease and desist to Donald Trump. <laughs> 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 no. Yeah. Let my boy jam. <laughs> Holy oh. shit. I promise I wasn't going to talk about politics, but I, I know you all have seen it, but because uh, um, this is a movie episode. But before we before we do that, the Bloomberg article, spend your paycheck right away so you don't have to deal with inflation. Oh. Wait, what? Oh, my God. Well, so this is the fun. This is the new. This is the fun Neo Fed post dynamic. I, I'm I'm totally out of the circle. So. I'm playing straight man here. I haven't seen this. What is this? Okay. Bloomberg, yeah, they're saying basically like, you know, the best way to deal with inflation is to just spend your paycheck right away because yeah, it's going to be worth it. less tomorrow. All right, all right, all right. That That's all I needed to hear. I had a cart full of Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, pull, I'm pulling the trigger, boys. Pull Don't trigger. tell my girlfriend, please. No, but I've done a lot of thinking about this. Like, it's like let's get into some game theory, all right? Okay. Uh, so... It is it is more economic. It makes more economic sense to take on debt than to hold money. Like because if your dollar is worth like uh, I think you guys were talking about the like you can go into debt to buy pizza. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if yeah. your dollar is worth less in a week than it is today, put mm-hmm. that pizza on credit because it's going to be sure. because like just mathematically, it's going to be easier for you to pay it back in a week when the dollar is devalued like just fucking put all your shit on credit cards and then just pay it back later. If you can get 0% APR, just fucking wait because once the dollar is like worth 50%, 
Like it's half price. It's half off, well, dude. Yeah, that that makes sense in theory. But uh, I mean, if you don't have the money, I mean, like people. I mean, the problem with all this usury stuff is like people who who take on the loan and they don't have the money because they're just like, ah, I want to flex on my friends. Yo, I got this Papa John's. Flexing with Papa John's? You got my box, bro. I thought you were going to say like, like, hey, man, look, I got this nice Lexus that I can't afford. Dude, check this out. I got this chicken bacon ranch on fucking credit, dude. Meat lovers, dog. I got this meat lovers and your boy had fucking mushrooms and olives, dude. Oh, what? But if you get it and you can't afford it, you can't afford to pay it back. Uh, I think that's where the problem lies: is people just taking it because they want to. They want to live. Uh, they want to live above their means, which you know a lot of people do. I think that's where it gets it gets dicey. But, well, uh, of course. Well, I don't know if you were joking right then, Duma, or if you were serious. Were, I, were I'm, I'm. It's partially joking. Like if you were, right. if you were in the position where you could, like right now, the houses, uh, the house market is going down. It's starting to go down because it's it's cooling off a little bit. But like interest rates are still low. Uh, as soon as the Fed right. raises interest rates, the entire economy is going to take a massive dump. But like if you if you were in the market for like buying property or house or something like, yeah, do it like right now. Like if you take one hundred thousand dollars in debt out right now, and, but you have to pay it back over the course of like 20 years, like that hundred thousand dollars is going to have like maybe two thirds of the buying power in 10 years than it does right now. So that means like, yeah, your your wage is probably not going to keep up with inflation. It never fucking does. It never works out like that. But like if you pay it out as the dollar is slowly devaluing, like just kind of market forces kind of are going to dictate that. Yeah, it's a better deal. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not I'm saying not... put pizza on layaway. <laughs> I am. I, mean, not... I am. I'm saying to our audience right now, I am a financial advisor. <laughs> just entirely the, the 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 coin of the future is straight up pizza it's circular pizza <laughs> it has yeah. uh, self-apparent value it, it just put it all put it all on the line for pizza yeah i mean i'm not an economics i mean i'm I'm not like a financial guy like i don't i don't i'm not gonna pretend like i fully understand it but i do remember in the 20s people putting a lot of shit on credit and then we all know what happened right after that. So that's I that's mean, why I feel it's like bubbles. You know, you're, you're like creating bubbles and leading up to 0708 too. You know, it's yeah. like a 10, yeah. 20 year cycle. It just keeps happening. Yeah, but they do it a little differently every time. They just like let me copy your homework, but change it a little bit. <laughs> totally. And this is, this is the other thing I was going to ask you about too before we talk about the movies, the the car market thing, because we were talking about that last uh, episode with Jugs. Yeah. For a little bit, because I know you're into cars and shit, and you're. Always I just finished about building the, a truck. Car market. You built a truck. So I got a truck that was basically a shell, like body work was really good. I got it from these body work guys who did a good job in body work, but they couldn't build an engine for shit. So I swapped mm. an entire new engine into it in my driveway and it's insanely reliable now. Like Damn. it's bulletproof. Damn. Nice. No, because I'm, I'm trying to get my fa- like my family's like cars fucked up and I'm trying to like get a new one. And I'm like looking at the market and it's fucking insane. It really is. Yeah. Car. Yeah. But uh but One I thing I'd say is never it. finance a used car. If you're going to buy a used car, always go cash. Um, mm-hmm. If you're going to buy a new car, yeah, fine, finance it, whatever. Like, honestly, it's not really like if I saw a fucking Tacoma, a Toyota Tacoma from like 2002 with like 70,000 miles sell for $27,000. Yeah, yeah dude, bro. you know what I've a base model brand new Tacoma costs? 22, maybe 42, 42. Wow. So like, OK, if you're paying almost 30 grand when you could pay like 12 or 13 more or like 15 more and get 
with right. and like they offer insane financing shit because like yeah take on debt like be in debt to banks like that's right, the, that's right. the mo like why the fuck what the fuck is going on with these used I've car seen prices some that, that the used ones were more than the the new model i've seen a couple of those when i was looking i couldn't believe it i was like it was like packages kind of, yeah. like if you get the the pro package or some shit I don't know. I don't even know what I don't know what it was. It was just like aren't, it was just like the the rates are so inflated. Aren't old yeah. cars that are less computerized going for a lot more now because of the chip shortage? Like I would always recommend getting uh, like I would always recommend getting an old car before like I mean ideally before like ninety two, but like get one before twenty ten. Like if you you know if you got to get something like newer and you're not as mechanically inclined, you know don't don't because like by twenty twenty five they're gonna have remote shut off in all cars. Like the government is going to say, no, you, we don't, we don't like what you're doing or saying you can't drive anywhere. Like they're going to debank you. They're going to decar you. They're going to de everything you and they can do it. And, 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 uh, and, and you're going to let when, when you're, uh, when you're the government, they let you do it. Oh yeah. That's why they're pushing towards that self-driving car bullshit that no one wants or needs. I really don't. Doomer, what are your thoughts on the self-driving car thing? Because it just seems it's to bullshit. Me- it's yeah. absolute bullshit. There's never yeah. it's yeah. because Elon Musk. Uh, somebody, what are you guys in? Any of you guys in the car DM? Mm-mm. No, <laughs> no. Okay, uh, hit me up if you want to be in the car DM. It's mostly like just people. Uh, we all just we focus group each other's car repairs. Nice. But um, <laughs> we were talking about this. Self-driving is probably not going to happen at least in our lifetimes because the you know a computer is like a top-down thing right mm-hmm. like it is it's looking at everything just in any moment like as it is it's not predicting anything it's it's so the only way that you can have true like self-driving is if you have like some sort of insanely powerful neural network that is definitely not like any like what we have right now in cars like Teslas or whatever not anywhere close to what you need to actually self-drive especially because elon musk doesn't want to do lidar he's like we're gonna do camera only it's gonna work like shit at night it's gonna what's, fucking what's run LIDAR? over pedestrians what's lidar i think it's i mean it's some dar it's like radar some dar a sonar uh, i don't fucking know dude okay <laughs> but uh, exactly. i i think it's like uh it's just like a laser or something and it does kind of like, like that, sonar yeah. type stuff yeah but like if i mean the, maybe no, if you use lidar you could do self-driving but elon musk for some reason does want to because, you know, like Musk, like a lot of his stuff, like it's it's these cool ideas that maybe don't need to manifest or go to scale or whatever. But you get the money, you get investment money off of the idea alone. So he's just an ideas guy. He's just some jumping on somebody else's idea. Uh, so I, I always wonder, like, I don't know if it's one of those things where it's just like a quick, uh, you know, you want the money biggest scheme. black pill, want the biggest <laughs> black pill ever on what? self-driving cars. <clears throat> what? We will see, quote unquote, self-driving cars in our lifetime. But they will be driven remotely by some guy in a Malaysian server farm who makes five cents an hour in like Pakistan or something because Elon Musk figured out how to outsource it. And they're and 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 all these guys, they want to they want to do wireless broadband Internet throughout the entire United States. Why do they want to do it so that they can broadcast a driving signal to your car? And then, and that's, that's where my movie idea comes in. All right. I'm going to let me pitch this shit to you. Oh, let's go. All right. Let's go. It's give like, me, it's like give a me the cross, elevator pitch. Like a, like a death race, like cross between gamer. You guys remember that film gamer? Oh, right? I remember gamer. So it's the with future. Gerard where, Buck, with Gerard yeah, Butler yeah. and the guy from Dexter. So Michael C. So, Hall. Sorry. <laughs> so it's like all these guys are like, you know, it's, it's like the, 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 the proles. They, you know, they like, 
get out of their pod. They go to work at the server farm and they're driving rich people around. And then they realize that they can kill these rich people by crashing their cars because they're like <laughs> paid to drive remotely. But it's like really dangerous because like you could be on trial or something, you know, and then I don't know. Then it devolves into like a total recall type situation or something. Okay. And there's a chick with three <laughs> boobs. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm just an ideas guy. I'm down to invest. I'm yeah, shit, I'd watch that. Ad. Whatever. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I think like a death rates death race meets gamer. That's I mean, hell, that's a pretty good one right there. Dude, <laughs> yeah. if you want to get a little uh, official branding in there, dude, just slap on twisted metal. Oh, uh, yes. Nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Sweet Tooth is kind of like the Joker. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm I with can you. see that remote driving thing, though. Dude, they don't even have to outsource it. They could just sell it like a video game to these Malaysians and be like, yeah, you just kind of strap into this chair. It's like an arcade game. But every time it just pulls up a live feed and they don't even know it, it's like Ender's Game. But just yeah. for driving well, rich people. I around. want it to be domestic. I want to give it to the niece. Give it to the niece here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, bring the jobs home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like I like that Ender's Game reference there. I yeah. like the idea of these kids think they're just playing some simulation, and then they're like, "Oh shit! All those kill streaks I was going on <laughs> in, in Chicago. Oh my god! <laughs> Goddamn." Yeah, no, that's what's going to be though. I I uh, I yeah. I put money on it. Like uh, every time there's like oh there's some sort of autonomous shit like drones. I mean, it's still just some guy in a server room. You know, it's like not like the drone thinks oh I'm going to bomb this hospital. You know. Yeah, I'm more AI pilled than I think most of the people we have on here. So I mean, I, I think the incentive is there at least. Like why why you know uh, you're paying like this gig wage. You're like fracturing the jobs. You know. The next logical step would just be like, I don't have to deal with anybody at all. I don't have to worry about paying any human at all. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, as far as whether it would pop off here, I don't I don't know. I mean, they had that setback when that Uber, that self-driving Uber killed someone oh, or hit dude. somebody or whatever. I yep. saw this recent video of uh, Tesla trying to do a self-driving test and it like yep. locked the driver out so they couldn't even actually like make any yeah, uh, like corrections or step in in case of emergency, and it almost Damn. like nailed a pedestrian, <laughs> just flying around uh, school buses with the stop signs out. Became Skynet, yeah, you know, in a <laughs> in a millisecond. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I think I think they might have use for it, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it's just uh, Musk, just like uh, you know. It's like his boring idea, his boring company and whatever. It's just like just something to throw out there just to like get people excited. Yeah, all that shit's retarded, dude. He's like he's like uh, like if David Lynch was not doing movies, if he just had like the way that he has just these crazy visual ideas that don't even yeah, really yeah. tie into a plot. <laughs> they have no reason. But he's like, yeah, I'm just going to make it happen. Give me a lot of money for it. And people are like, fucking sure, dude. Elon, Elon Musk, Musk is like that, but here. He's just Elon Musk is just a dude who actually just does a lot of transcendental meditation. That's it. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> I mean, yeah, he met Grimes on the astral plane. <laughs> to be okay, to be fair, Elon Musk pr could probably do a better Dune adaption than uh, than David. I'd Lynch like to would. see Elon Musk's Dune adaption. <laughs> what is what is his artistic sense? What are his artistic sensibilities like? Probably nothing good. Have being you seen a, his haircut fucking, recently? Being <laughs> fucking cringe as fuck. Is yeah. What is. yeah, his haircut is like a like a dollop of whip, of like hair colored whipped cream on top yeah. of his bald head. It's like he put hair like loose a, on it, but didn't even like have any hair. He just put like the squirt on there. Yeah, motherfucker <laughs> looks like he's uh, making uh, videos about women in video games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yo, know, he's speaking, the billionaire. Speaking of Dune, uh, when we were when I was watching Jingle All the Way, that opening scene where they're like on that like Mars planet and it's Turbo Man versus oh, uh, yeah. the Mentor, oh, I yeah. was like, yo, this is basically Dune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the little Power Rangers guys come yeah. out. Dude, I gotta say, man, I did not uh, anticipate that prologue in Jingle All the Way that took place on Arrakis. That's fucking wild, dude. Like harvesting Arnold's sweat. Yeah, That's, bro. Yeah. You see the worm, dude? <laughs> no, I'm a yeah. big proponent of Jingle All the Way as like a Christmas movie because it perfectly encapsulates that like 90s grandeur. It's like we yeah. got Arnold playing a frustrated dad, right? Yeah. Like, it's not, I mean, he's at his prime, but it's like, why would he like it's it's like uh, what is the other one kindergarten cop where he's also yes. frustrated what was the whole thing about why were they casting him like that it, it makes <laughs> I don't, no I was sense talking about this with my girlfriend i feel like he was trying to break out a typecast he's like all right i'm just the guy that says i'll be back in every film you know <laughs> yeah. with my shirt off let me get something really dynamic i'll be the you know the kindergarten cop kindergarten <laughs> cop or whatever like I feel like it was something like that, you know. Is he going for like the family man circuit? Well, I think I think what you do, what you do. um, Okay, so because what it is, right, is that Arnold Schwarzenegger is a horrible actor, Mm -hmm, right? And so that's why his best movie that he's in or his best role is Terminator, because he doesn't need to fucking talk. Yeah, right. and and like and to the extent that he does talk, his like broken English and horrible <laughs> delivery is a strength. Right? Dude, they never God. address the fact yes. that he has a German accent. They're yes. never like no, no, no. And, yes. and, <laughs> like, um, and so what you do with with these people that like can't really like act very well is you just like that would otherwise be like good action stars is you just have them in kind of like funny goofball action comedies, right? Mm-hmm. And Almost I think satirical. this was even. I think this was also before like uh, uh, Rush Hour, just like destroyed action movies by making them all c- action comedies. Like, there's no pure action yeah. movies. Uh, oh, that's why right, like right, right. Dread is so fucking cool and movies like that. Um, but yeah, man, like, and so and so that's what you do, right? Like, you just take this guy who's like Arnold's a mess as far as an actor goes, and you just you know you just put him into this fun kind of humanizing role and and then there's a lot less uh, scrutiny on his acting chops and all that i think it's perfect i think it's perfect because this movie i think pushes how much you can actually get out of him acting wise uh while not you know having it be like a, a total fucking mess i think you know total recall is another example because it's so fucking campy yeah right? yeah yeah i mean my girlfriend just like kept watching this she's never seen like when i was a kid i saw Jingle all the way. Like it was on the TV, like yeah, all, all the time. All the time, yeah. So I've seen it mad time, like different scenes, like hopping into different points. Yeah, and like you know, I mean, I was a kid, so I like you know, I just liked it, but I don't remember how insane it was. Now oh, I'm rewatching, yeah. like this shit is crazy. It's <laughs> so much happening, and my my girl was just like, how come no one addresses that he's got a fucking heavy German ass accent yeah. and he's supposed to be like a regular American dad around or whatever. <laughs> so a couple tidbits. Uh, the mom is played by Rita Wilson, the wife yeah. of Tom Hanks. So oh. a little known fact about this movie, the child actor who played the son actually grew up to be Chet Hanks. <laughs> that was be- that was before that was before he became a Sith Lord, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Before he became an island boy, is <laughs> a, a, ho- a Hotep uh, Dark Jedi. That's right. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, I mean, just the idea that Phil Hartman as the like divorced dad neighbor 
can who's trying somehow, to cuck everybody can yeah. somehow yeah. cuck Arnold Schwarzenegger? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't really. Obviously, it, it's uh, yeah, yeah. you know that was just kind of uh, an attempt to really. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, he gets his true comeuppance. He gets yeah. his true comeuppance, uh, dude. Fucking dude, rip Phil Hartman. By the way, like I know, I know it's brought yeah. up every time, but like, god damn, dude. Every time I see him in anything or like mm-hmm. old, you know, Simpsons episodes, like guy's just so fucking good, dude. And like, oh man, it's just a good antagonist in this movie. Just a good and like you know they strike that perfect balance of a family friendly movie, right? Where it's like you know there's not really serious stakes. He's not trying to kill anybody or anything. Um, he does play a really good uh, bad guy in this movie, like specifically because they're giving him all of the like 1990s stereotypical like HR lib speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they even give him the cadence of it. Like like Office Space style, like the most Yo, insufferable yeah. guy at yeah, your job. That yeah, you know. I just watched Office Space recently because I was showing it to my girl, and like, yeah, that he's got that voice. Oh, I'm gonna need you to come in. Yeah, uh, yeah. Know? He's got that like extended the uh, like drawl or whatever, and like, yeah, he's like trying to fuck his wife. That shit is crazy, man. And you know, it's like a theme going on because like I watch a Die Hard too because it's supposed to be like the Christmas movie or whatever, and like right. that's a theme. And a lot of these movies, like this time period, is like. The dad, you know, he's absent. He's not there. And like, you know, there's yes. things going on with the wife. The wife is frustrated. Might be fucking some other douchebag. That's like in so many of the movies. It's kind of funny. She's straying. She's straying. Yeah. It, no, it's yeah. the it's the perfect uh, it's the perfect uh, 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 conceit for a for a Christmas movie. The distant. So dad. here's yep. a good yep. here's a good reason for that. The divorce mm. rate in the United States actually peaked in the 80s. So yep. that's oh, why okay. it was top of mind so much in these 90s movies. Yep. And it's yep. been falling basically ever since. Believe it or not, it's what? like it's really? as low now as it was in 19. 19- uh, 70. Really? I was curious I, I about this, no so I idea. looked it up. But yeah, the the reason for all the 90s movies having like divorce as a theme or like spousal uh, like disagreements is like that was top of mind. Everybody was talking about how like, oh, we're the country of divorce and shit like that. I remember no, that, growing that, up that hearing that shit because, all the time. Yeah, that I figured because like the 60s and all that, like all that stuff going on, like it made sense that like in the next couple of decades, I remember like studying that in school, like, oh, divorce just spiked after that into the 80s or whatever. But like it's been going down since. Really? I didn't know that. Uh, going down slowly, but especially it, it, it divorce like I'm looking at this chart in 2010 it started dropping off even more. Because the last number I heard was 51%, which must have been like in the aughts. I heard that 51% Holy divorce shit. rate. I wonder I wonder how much of a part of it is also just less people getting yeah, married. Yeah, I think that's, that's a lot. That is that's probably I true. I think that, mm-hmm. yeah. I think this chart I'm looking at is adjusted per capita. So it might still be falling, even, you know, accounting for that. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no, still it's an interesting tidbit. And they tie in that like dissolution with like the corporate office job and like that kind of striverism too. Like you find that when he's like on the phone, like you're my number one customer and how it's like pulling him away from his family (laughs) and stuff. That was kind of like the the end of the bubble for that type of job. I feel like too, like that's when things kind of started hitting the fan. Like that type of lifestyle yeah. doesn't really even exist anymore. What you would yeah, see you in like office space or in that. The number one sales guy yep. just by being a straight white man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. No, I mean, let me offer an alternative take on like the, the, the class character or whatever of his, his job or whatever. Okay. This kid, his son is a little shit. Okay, he's busting his ass 
Arnold is busting his ass all day at the fucking mattress factory so the family can survive on a single income. Not just survive. They have a fucking nice ass house in the Mm -hmm. suburbs. They're doing great. They've they're doing Christmas. The mom stays home all day making fucking cookies and like maybe vacuuming for an hour. <laughs> and Arnold is pulling all the fucking weight. And this kid is a little shit. He's like, get me a fucking doll. No. Why don't you get a fucking job? You little shit. <laughs> Start shoveling coal. You little yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't need on your force skills or something, dude. That's right. Well, it's also yeah. why it's also why, you know you know working class hero sinbad had to get the action yes in the end. come yes. on so yeah. good come on yes yo his that opening monologue is so based bro oh, <laughs> oh yeah so no he drops insane amounts of knowledge i was like wait what he's like yo these toy companies are trying to pit the working class against each other they're tr- sending subliminal messages to the kids i was like yo what he's like it's like trying dude to the crk class, is in jingle all the way holy shit no but yeah they really gave like they, they don't have shit like that in movies anymore where it's like it's it's a kids movie but like this guy's talking about how the tv is subliminally like indoctrinating kids yeah. into commercialism or whatever yeah mm-hmm. well that's that the dude that's the thing man it's like like the the lines i think the biggest one because it's all about the um you know the whole thing of you write in a little something for the parents right they're taking mm-hmm. these little shits to the theater yep. you write something in for the people you know buying the tickets right and and it's 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 like it's always coy and and the the big one that stuck out to me is like the you know the the housewife talking to Phil Hartman that's like oh you know my I can't get the light working on my on my porch. And he's like, "Oh, I got I got the right tool for that." Yeah, job. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, wink, yeah. Wink, wink. I'm gonna f- fucking I'm you know down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. And, uh, and I, they don't, you know. Obviously, this is something we've talked about a lot. But like, I mean, now it's just like they don't do that anymore. I feel like. I mean, I don't watch a lot of like children's movies that are coming out anymore. But like, it's all about. Um, it's all just about like maintaining uh, the adults' personas, like you know, adult children now, and so it, you know they don't do any like innuendo. It's just all the yeah. uh, the fan service shit, which is which sucks. Yeah. And there's not and there's not any like uh, there's not any subtlety that goes into that, right? Of being like you know, how do you write in a blowjob joke in a movie for ten year olds, right? <laughs> Uh, it takes a little. It takes a a, a light touch to do something like that. Yes, are there even uh, are there even movies like this anymore? I mean, it's like it's passe to just say like, oh, they don't make movies like this anymore. But like, if this happened today, like Turbo Man would be a member of the fucking Marvel Extended Universe or some oh, yeah. shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah, he'd be. A, I mean, I think the only some the, existing IP. The only the only movie I can really think of that was like a family friendly movie that was meaningfully good the last few years was Paddington 2. That's the only thing I can really Okay. Paddington was good. Um but but again, you know, I'm not really seeing a lot of these movies, so I can't say for sure. No, I, I can't sure think of now. Yeah, I mean like it's it's like that thing they say of like oh like uh Ren and Stimpy or like our old like 90s cartoons like they, they sneak in jokes that are for the adults in the room that only adults, it's like dog whistles for adults, like only they could pick up like the sexual innuendo or whatever. Like, yeah, right. I mean, that's, I, I feel, I, I don't know what the kids are watching now, but like, I'm sure it's like, I'm sure that's, that's lost. But the other thing too, of like things that you can't joke about now, like I remember Sinbad's in there and he's like, 
randomly accusing uh, Arnold of racism. Yeah. And he's like, he says, uh, when he gets knocked over, like, on the ground when they're scrambling for the fucking toys, he says, it's like Rodney King all over yeah. again. Like, I'm like, yo, that shit <laughs> totally was missed mad that. funny. Yeah, he's just, like, that making mad nonstop, like, offhanded remarks about Rodney King and Jesse Jackson, bro. Jesse Jackson, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, amazing. all right. I might, be ro- I might be wrong here, but I will say, just to back it up, I rewound the movie and listened back when they when they throw the dog's name is Booster, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right. I remember that because because Booster Gold in DC Comics they they throw Booster off the off the float and the kids all jump on him, right? And they're like, "Oh, we hate you." I'm like eighty percent sure the kids call him a fag. I'm pretty fucking Wait, sure. What? And, no, and I can stand by. Hey, hear me out. Okay. If you go back and you rewatch like Bill and Ted, right? They call each other fags like 10 times throughout the movie. And that's still PG, right? So wow. go back, rewatch it. I'm pretty. Fa- it's a blinking oh, and miss it. No, that was I'm- you saying it while you were watching. I'm pretty sure that they say fag in Jingle All the Way. Oh, That'd be amazing uh, if they did. There, there's one of the rewind moments for me was if you re- there's a there's a lady in the parade at the end of the movie and she's wearing a kufi. Yo, yes, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah I had to rewind. What? I was like, "Is that what? what? Is that is that somebody Base. like somebody's Twitter Abby or something?" Fed both. Nice. Yeah. Well, actually, if you squint, you can actually see Nixon wearing a kufi in, the background <laughs> in one of the scenes. It's a little Easter egg. <laughs> oh no, yeah, that, that shit you really can't do now. Like yeah, that. It's funny because well, it's big, not even that crazy of a joke, really. Like the big one to me, or, I think, because uh, you know, because of course you need to you need to touch upon the like. You know what wouldn't have aged well stuff. Whenever right. watching an old movie, I think it's the uh, the fact that fucking Big Show from WWE punches a midget forty feet across. they have like a, but they actually have a little person actor playing. You know, like it, it's person. it's a diversity <laughs> hire, but you know, just a little guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There were a lot of midgets in that film, bro. Yeah. Well, I also love I also love how Mall Santa in his little fucking his little fucking good fella uh, midget are like the mob, right? Like it's very it's very like Hoffa. I like that. They have a fucking compound, dude. They have a compound. (laughs) Dude, that reminded me. It reminded me of the compound shootout in RoboCop with the guy drinking the wine, and it's just this warehouse full of. I kind of liked it. It was like this criminal underworld on par with Star Wars, but it's just Santa Claus. I thought that was yeah. funny as fuck. Yeah, that's a pretty probably the most probably the most corny scene in the movie. Um, but I thought it was fun. It's a precursor for Bad Santa. A precursor for Bad. <laughs> and I'd be curious to see how Bad Santa holds up. I'm gonna watch it soon. It's on my list of Christmas films to knock out before the season's over. Sure. I actually haven't seen it, but uh, it's pretty good. The- my family, my family, like loved Bad Santa. I was never you. I was never the one that was super big into it in my family, but it's worth a revisit. I never saw that one. I probably have to go. That's like uh, every every Jackass movie after the first one. I n- I've actually never seen, so I got to sit down and watch like that. Um, Jackass Two is good. Jackass Two, I think, is the one that has the uh, the terrorist prank. Um, which is great. I won't spoil it. It's pretty good. Oh yeah, Sinbad calls in a fucking bomb threat. In yeah, this movie. Oh. And he calls in a bomb threat in this fucking yeah. movie yeah. Yeah. Like, twice. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah, he took the Ted K thing. He was like, "Yo, I got this. This is a bomb right here." And then a bomb actually 
goes off and the police officer <laughs> is just like, you know, frazzled. That's the most yeah, that yeah. happens. <laughs> like kind Daffy Duck is bills on backwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then the, the scene that like I love is uh, they're in the diner. They've like given yes. up all hope, right? Sinbad, yeah. uh, <laughs> like Arnold sits down at the diner, uh, and then for some reason Sinbad's in a booth. He comes over and he just he's like he pulls out a bottle of hooch and he's like pouring it in the coffee. Arnold's like, eh, why not? I have some some. Yeah. I'll have a drink. And he starts telling him the story about how his dad didn't get him a toy when he was a kid, but his neighbor <laughs> got a toy. And the neighbor yep. kid grew up to be a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's and then the, he envisions uh, his own kid drinking the hooch. And yeah. He's like, yeah, he's yeah. Just like, yo, I don't, I don't want my kid to end up one of the, like one of these uh, melanated fellows without their father. <laughs> I gotta get him this toy. It's funny. It's a it, classic villain origin, dude. It casts the, uh, it casts like the postal worker as being like the least desirable, like a bad cast in society. But like now, yeah. I feel like people would kill to be a postal worker. Like some I of them are raking in six. Okay, six figures. <laughs> so there was a time when I was jobless and I was like, oh, I'll try applying for the post office. And uh, I, I, I got the job and I went to like a training. And then after that training, I was like this, I, I th- like, yeah, it's really easy and there's insane benefits, but it's like, do I really want to do this? Like, Bro, it there's just, a reason call it going postal like yeah exactly (laughs) it's the most mundane so and i i got lucky and i got a job that like you know i got to uh like actually work with my hands and shit like that but like the working at the post office they make it really nice but it 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 literally it's just it's uh it's like daycare for your brain you know it's like you're not (laughs) yeah you know, what I, you know what I mean? jobs are though like at that yeah. level i mean dude i'd rather do some postal office shit than like or walk around devil- delivering mail in the city than like drive i'm not saying there's anything Uber. wrong with it i'm just like if you have a brain where like you want to be doing something creative oh yeah yes. you, you would probably kill a bunch of people if you ended up working at the post office <laughs> it's not it's not a cerebral gig it's it's repetitive it's yeah you check out i'm definitely with coh i think that's straight up like you know that's I, a I mean, preferred that's, type of job for me if it's not like a job i'm passionate about because i can just zone out and act like i'm not there i've I've had enough like uh you know prep shifts jobs at like uh, restaurants where it's like you know pop in a pop in an earbud just like put on an audiobook or something i like that but 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 no for sure like there's it's also just like i think there's definitely been times in my life where like where that wasn't what i needed you know what i mean and like something that, that stimulates you mentally um is like is really dude it keeps you sharp you know what i mean you know it kind of reminds me a little bit of like these old timers i mean it's a cliche but you always hear about these old timers that you know like you know dude old bill retired last year and within six months he died you know like um you know (laughs) keeping it like a job that keeps you sharp and everything it it, it's good it's good for anybody to a certain extent yeah oh yeah even dementia even just to stave off dementia and all that keep the mind uh like it's like a muscle or whatever i mean it's cool because you get to go outside at least and like maybe if you want to like know the community you're around you know where everybody is you might talk to people or whatever you cuck people that so I th- it's actually yeah. a good thing that they keep them working until they're like 87 as a Walmart greeter, you know? Keeps the mind, <laughs> keeps the mind shut. They come up with new, new ways to creep you out as you walk in the store. Holy shit. <laughs> well, that is Instead one of those of funny... Like, it is, that is one of those funny things, right? Because cause it's, uh, it, it's one of these little... Uh, things that, that, yeah, like capitalists say to just justify this horrible, psychotic, dystopian shit. At the same time, though, there are those weird 
crazy old folks that are like, yeah, like working in their 80s because it's like, dude, if I didn't do this, like I would be driving myself insane, you know, I believe that. at home. I completely like believe my, that. Sure, you yeah. know, my, my old man hate, hated working, right? And so he fucking retired and he just fishes nonstop. He's fine with it, right? It works King. for him great. Absolutely. My mom, King. my mom is psychotic and like <laughs> not working is maybe the worst thing that could have ever happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just it's you know it's people of a different cloth I guess. Yeah, I worked I with this. I worked with this super old dude. He was like eighty two, and he just retired. Uh, and he had been like planning retiring for like six months or something. But the last yeah. day that he worked before he retired, he was like getting real emotional and sad. And he was like, "Yeah, like this is all I've ever done with my life. I don't even know what to do now that I'm going to be retired. Like I just don't yeah. know who I am now." Yeah, people want purpose too. That's the other. They want to feel useful. I think that's why a lot of old people get kind of batty and like cranky and shit. Like they want to feel useful. And I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that you should have to. I don't believe that you, you know, you you have to work. Otherwise, you're gonna starve or whatever. Like I don't feel like old people should be in that situation. But if you, you know, if assuming all your base things are covered, you know, you should have the option to be like, hey, you know, I want to stay like creative or productive or something to just keep the mind uh, active, so I don't feel like I'm fucking rotting away. I, that, that makes sense to me. It's all about hobbies, yeah. dude. It's like if That's you, if you work what it some mundane-ass job your whole life, you've, you're like, oh, I'm finally going to retire. And then you get retired and you're like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? Yeah, yeah you're going to yeah. be probably going to die because your mind's like you, you're seething at like the world for making you work all those years, taking all your energy, whatever. Like if you have all these hobbies, like get your hobbies young, get good at them. And then when you're old, you have all your time to like do those things that you didn't have time for while you're working. Like it sucks that you have yep. to work all that time, but like that's like my folks retire. Like they were uh, like in the like 0708 like uh, crash. They were kind of like, you know how they edged older folks out. Uh, they were mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, you're making too yeah. much money. We can pay. So it's like, yeah, you know, we're going to yeah. we're going to like push you kind of towards retirement. That happened to both my folks. That happened to my dad, too. Yeah. But they just have hobbies. You know, my mom cooks and knits and shit. And my dad just works on cars. And uh, and they're I mean, they're pretty fucking sharp, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, it's it's tough to see anybody like it's tough to it's really tough to see your parents get old. But like you got to you know, it's good to encourage them to do things that keep them sharp, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Cause yeah, I got this full-time job, like it's an office job or whatever. And you know, people say like, Oh, take a job in, in something you're passionate about or whatever. I don't believe that. I mean, I think, I think you should, I think you should keep those things separate. Like I agree. I completely. do the job and it's like, yeah, I get the money out of it. They want me to do this bullshit, whatever. Like it's, it's partitioned completely from everything else. And it's like you said, yeah, it sucks. You gotta, you gotta make time cause there's not much time left, but you gotta make time outside of the work, the full time to like, have something on the side and like for me it was like music or this politics shit or whatever like you gotta have something else to, to like to remember because you're not gonna remember the work shit you're not gonna remember that not but, at all know, like yeah. who the fuck gives a shit if you finish some project that like will not matter in a week yeah. like yeah, on exactly. like that feeling of accomplishment <laughs> you're gonna forget like don't people yep. say like if you work do the thing you love you won't work in your life like that's bullshit yeah if you have to yeah. work yeah. to pay your rent doing the thing you love you're gonna hate the thing you love unless you're making like 300k a year to do a thing you love doing like if you're making like i don't know like 30 grand a year 
because you work in like, I don't know, you work at an art gallery and you're like, oh, this is what I wanted to do my whole life. It's like, yeah. it's going to make you fucking miserable. Yeah. I think that's a lot of the like this new like grind set culture that we have now. People try to turn their hobbies into like uh, something that makes some side money hustles. like immediately. They're like, yeah, it's a side hustle. Uh, it's yeah. not just a hobby. Yeah. It's not something I like to do. It's got to be like, how do I open this Etsy shop? Because now I like to like paint or, you know, that yep. kind of stuff. Yep. I, I think I think like, that I think that the problem with a lot of like uh, like little 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 pearls of wisdom that are oft repeated when it comes to work life stuff is that is that it's usually like some kind of expression of like Stockholm syndrome sure, from yeah. people <laughs> that you know had to live lifestyles mm-hmm. that they didn't one hundred otherwise would mm-hmm. have. I think that I think yeah. that instead of the whole like you know do what you love thing, you know that's the big thing when choosing a career or a job. I think it's more pick a job or a career field that is compatible with the lifestyle that yeah, you want to yeah, live. Yeah, and right. that and that can be for some people, I think that that can be working in something that they're passionate about or that they love, but it's not limited to that. And most of the time it's not exactly that. It's just like pick something that 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 goes along the grain of the life that you otherwise would want to be living too. Yeah, and yeah, yep. I do know people that like do you know, little side hustles that, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, freelance job marketplace, little, little, little gig jobs that they do on the side of things. And yeah, I, do I think that, yeah, I think that doing things like that, you know, around work that is stuff that you enjoy can be all right. If you, if it's not like, you know, your 40 fucking hour a week full time yeah. thing, right? Like, um, yep. you know, as goofy as it might be a little bit like, you know, I have a D and D group that I play with. Right. And Fuck like yeah. it, it was, <laughs> and, uh, and it was, it's been fucking wild. The first like six months just being like, Oh fuck. Like, this is a huge creative pursuit that I'm doing and putting a lot of work into. And like, there is absolutely no monetary incentive. <laughs> and it's like freeing. It's like, oh, I'm yeah, really yeah. sincerely engaging with this and genuinely enjoying this because there's no there's no stake in it monetarily. And it's really okay. important that way. No, Slav, you want to hear a black pill on the D&D thing? Let's hear it. I... I don't know where I read it, but like uh, three or four years ago, I read an article about how corporations were doing D&D as a team building exercise. No. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing is fucking sacred to these cunts. Okay. Yeah, but no, you know, dude, yeah. I, I know yeah, this. That dude, doesn't I've mean seen you're doing it for it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen, I've seen, um, you know, because I was, I was actually talking with a buddy the other day, and he was talking about, uh, hey, you know, no, no judgment here. You know, I'm open to anything. He was talking about, like, dude, you know, like you're good at DMing. Like you could, you could do one of these things where somebody, you know, hires you to do it, and and it's like, hey, you know, well, I'll never rule anything out. And I'm looking at these sites, right, where you can, you know, sign up and. There's a professional company that does it. And and yeah, dude, I noticed they're like, you know, 500 bucks up front for a deposit for like corporate events. And it's like, holy shit. You know, oh, my God. That's it's wild. It's something, man. Fucking corporate event team building exercises in, in if tabletop you can get that bag, gaming. Get that bag. Yeah, that if you bag. can get the bag, uh, that's that's uh, that's where you uh, uh, you write in uh, literal gender goblins. Yeah, that's what uh, I was about to say. Your, you write uh, that in and like some anti-racist stuff uh, with the different races of things that you can be. I'm assuming that's a thing in D and I, I don't really know. 
Oh, my, my, the, the best thing about D&D <laughs> is you can be as racist as you want, but it's about fa- <laughs> fantasy races. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's very race essentialist. <laughs> well, they're currently they're currently um, uh, uh, reworking all of their racial and moral alignment stuff so that they can be less problematic. Because um, uh, Wizards but, of the Coast, the company that does D and D, is owned by Hasbro, and they need to they need to do all that shit for their stockholders. Yeah, I mean, they're like their key demographic is uh, is like PMC and and their. It's it's that right. The latest the latest uh, the latest module that Wizards of the Coast just released is literally uh, a a pre written campaign like adventure set in like a wizard university, and it's oh, like God. you know oh college campus life. It's 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 straight up like D and D is like is elite overproduction in a board game. Basically. Sure, yeah. Uh, it's horrifying. But what I just do is I just don't pay attention to any of that stuff and. I actually really well now maybe I'm getting into it too much, but I'll stop after this. I actually really just like reading like stuff from like earlier editions when it was just straight up just incredibly based old timers, and you just you just write your your stuff around that and uh, yeah, you know, George R. R. Martin shit like his generation yeah, no, of like fantasy. Literally, guys. I, uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, you know, and too like it, it's weird to think that we're older people to it's weird to think that there's younger people that we can give advice to because i mean we're pretty young ourselves but like i think what slav was saying too is just like find something that's tangential to what you are passionate about make sure you don't fucking hate your job that's that's definitely important yeah but you know the whole advice that they gave everybody especially when i was younger was just like do what you fucking love or whatever you're gonna end up like some famous person doing whatever that's that's a load of bullshit obviously like you know it's it's not that simple and yeah. also like what Sab was saying too about the money thing like i remember there was like some psych studies of like as soon as you monetize something like a hobby you like you know because he's, he's talking about like doing the dnd and it's always free or whatever and he just you you just like it for that like there's yep. something I, I remember reading where it's like as soon as you get some money from something you automatically start liking it less there's something yeah. psychological about it of like tying it to money like makes it less fun just off the bat hey man so, i mean I you're telling me i bad, fucking but. hate recording these conversations <laughs> <laughs> All right. no but the <laughs> thing is i'm thinking that in that psychological shit they always are like well if you got paid like minimum wage to do the thing you love if you got paid like right. six hundred thousand dollars a year to play D D. Yeah, you would not hate D. You would you would look forward to playing D and D every second sure. of every day. For sure. Yeah, yeah. You don't For want sure. it to no. be like like high stakes on it, and then you not actually be able to come up with the things you need like by doing that thing. That's really well, that's what turns the, it bad. Yeah, that's the thing. Like like with like any any creative stuff, like video stuff or anything, like. I can sit down and like start editing some, you know, video just for some random, some random passing shit post idea that I came up with. And like my oh, yeah. brains lighten up and I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. The second like someone has hired me to like put together a product for them that they like have money on the line for and that there's expectations for my brain is just like in the mode of just like, how can I put off doing this? Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. I just want to finish this. This is horrible. And like, it doesn't, it kind of defies reasoning. It's, it's just, there's a part of my brain. And yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe if I was making a million dollars at that fucking job, then it would be different. But there is some weird, irrational part of my brain. That's just like, this is homework now. I don't like it. No, I think that's right. I ate it. 
I don't think creativity is a rational thing at all. And so I think when you put it into that, like that scope where it's like, oh, now I have a deadline or now I have an expectation or I was requested to be creative. You can't like tap it that way. I don't think I think that creativity flows from like a singular source. And I think that it moves through people and people's minds and through their actions in ways that you can't really just call upon immediately. Like, I I think it's like you kind of have to be inspired to move through and make an actually good creative product. And I don't think that it works like just being, oh, I'm going to call upon this now and just do something creative. I think you have to kind of be in the headspace to be there and then just kind of wait for it to come. It's about knowing your tools, knowing your skills well enough that you can enter flow state at Mm -hmm. will. Right. Where you can like whatever you're doing, whether you're making a meme video, like uh, uh, whether you're like um, I saw that like I'm not a big Beatles fan, but I saw that video of was it George Harrison or Paul McCartney in that Beatles documentary where Mm -hmm. like he's got nothing. He's strumming the guitar or whatever. And then two minutes later, he has a hit song. And it's like, regardless of how you feel about the Beatles, like that is the perfect example of like, I mean, they were getting fucking mil- the equivalent of millions of dollars at the time and all the drugs and weird pussy that they could possibly want, you know, mm-hmm. but like it, the second that it's like, oh, I have to like recreate that spontaneous creativity mm-hmm. for a paycheck because I have to pay fucking rent. Yeah, that makes it almost impossible. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. like creati- creativity comes almost from like a communication with the divine or something like that. And so I almost kind of liken it back to like the like the Moses parable where uh, he's striking the the rock to try to get water out of the stone. Um, and usually God uh, blesses him and he can do it through God. He can get the water out of the stone. But then he tries without God's blessing or without consulting him and he doesn't get water out of the stone. Um, yeah. It's essentially that kind of story. And I think it's the same kind of thing with creativity. Well, sure, I will yeah. say, I will say, like, I think that's where, like, to to add maybe like a like a little a little bit of of, of nuance, which which is like, um, I think uh, you know, if you're if you're sitting down to write, um, you know, like a blockbuster, like a piece of entertainment, like art that's that's explicitly for entertainment as a product and everything, that's where you know it's a little bit more like a like a almost like a trade craft where it's like you know. We're doing the three acts, right? We're doing, we're we're playing, we're we're writing archetypes. We're doing uh, familiar story structures, and then there's little pockets here and there where where there's some creative expression and flourishes, but they're kind of minimized. and And I think that there's something to that, but it's like a lot different, right? I always think of, um, I always think of like John Carpenter's. Uh, uh, approach in something that he kind of talked about a lot where he's like, I'm not like some big, you know, hoity toity, like artist. Like I'm like, I'm like, I'm like a, Oh, I'm a, I'm like a laborer. You know what I mean? Like I do an honest job with my hands. And, uh, and I think that there's something to that too, mm-hmm, yeah. you know? And, mm-hmm. and that's something that I like a lot. Like everybody, a lot of the time, you know, everybody loves like, Oh, you know, I love, Oh man, the n- new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. And like, Oh, I like this new movie that's all, you know, Terrence Malick. It's all told out of order and all that. And it's like, there's also something to be said for the guy that just like, you know, pumps out a number of scripts in a year that are just three act structures. You know, the dad is uh, estranged from his family for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Like that also fucking rules. And it's a different kind of creativity. 
Um, I, I like sure. how in the in Jingle All the Way, Arnold is. Uh, it, it's implied that uh, he his po- hobby or whatever his thing that he does is bodybuilding. Like it, there's like one offhand line. I think it's Phil Hartman that it's like says, you can't, yeah, you, can't you can't express your way out of this. Yeah, like <laughs> that's the one reference to that. It's not addressed at all, but it's just implied that that's his thing. So it's like, yeah, he probably does, didn't grow up dreaming of working at the fucking mattress factory, you know. <laughs> but he's able to support his wife and kid on that and pursue his dream of being the most shredded mattress salesman in the country, like. <laughs> You know, I think he's got a good thing going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you want to move into Die Hard after this? Yeah, yeah, I do. There's one last thing I, I want to say about. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Collect your thoughts, thing. Man. No, and yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's you guys basically said it all. But like, yeah, the the like the getting paid, you know, I think it's because you said like, yeah, if, if you're getting a million dollars, like we podcast. So if somebody paid me a million dollars every day to podcast, I would love that. And I'm grateful to everybody that pays for this show. I wanted to say that for sure. I totally am. I don't want to sound like I'm not. Um, but yeah, I think I think the point where if, you, if you're getting paid and you're like, all right, I need to do this creative thing because uh, I need to pay my bills and there's that added pressure mm-hmm. on it. That's where it starts to, like, I think COH was saying that, yeah, that's where it starts to get whack. But, like, if it's just, like, all right, I don't have to worry about any of that, and I'm just, you know, rich off this, yeah, of course. But that, how often does that happen, you know? It's, it's you have like to be a, a white chick talking about crime. It makes me think of that fucking, I, it's, it's one-hit wonder, but that band that did Cherry Pie. Oh, uh, yeah. She's my cherry pie. Right, like. Like they had that whole that album. Uh, I played in a band with a guy years ago who made me fuck who swore by that fucking album. And I listened to it a lot, like several times. And like, it's a it's a good fucking record. Right. I'm, I'm going to put on my cue. It's it is so completely different from Cherry Pie. Like that's that single is totally incongruent because the, the label was like, you got to fucking write this shit you know, at the last minute, because we need a single to sell this fucking record. And he wrote it like in one night. And then it becomes this fucking curse that just defines his entire oh, yeah. career past that point. Wasn't um, that uh, one of the songs on, uh, what was it? Blink-182. Uh, one of their like biggest songs was just, uh, they needed another song. So they like banged it out with like the most <laughs> boring cliche bullshit. And it's like, and it ended up one, being one of their most popular songs oh man like all the small (laughs) things or something like that i think it was rock show i don't know that reminds me of uh there's this movie called frank uh it's about a band and like one of the dudes wears this big paper mache head on his head uh when they perform yeah like uh it's frank longbottom or what the the british the british character yeah the the uh, head thing is is an old thing okay well i don't i don't really know what the backing is on it but essentially it's like this indie movie where it's like this band and they're struggling to make you know good albums and stuff like that and they have like this really obscure and like esoteric creative process and then all of a sudden uh they kind of get into this existential crisis of like not being able to play uh because bad stuff keeps happening so they they try to make a popular song and there's like a scene where they walk in and this frank guy who's like the main leader and creative mind of the band is like playing the worst music ever and they're like what is this he's like well this is our most popular song uh it's that kind of thing (laughs) yeah imagine like uh 10 years later you're touring and and like you you still just play that one song yeah you end up it's you end horrible up a, like a lot of Devo. famous artists yeah they get they get the 
Well, it's just like being typecast or mm-hmm. just like uh, pigeonholed, like Nas with Omatic or whatever. Like yeah. you just pigeonholed to uh, to that thing everybody knows you for. It's like, all right, you know, do that thing, do the thing, <laughs> do the thing we know you for. You know, yeah. just kind of stuck like that. Yeah, if you're but an artist say, who can like transcend that shit, like you've got it made. Oh yeah. Well, I guess that's why all the crazy like ones that have like you know decade long runs, they kind of reinvent themselves over and over. That's why uh, I'm a Kanye maximalist, dude. He's been able to over and over reinvent himself. Like there is not just one thing he's known for. Like he's he didn't fall back on some creative shit he did and just like ride that shit out. You know, like that's true. That's true. I mean, I don't like Kanye, but like I, I mean, you know, who can deny that he uh he, he his his run is uh is is noteworthy. No one can deny that. I mean, he's fucking. You know, the show he just did with Drake or whatever is fucking massive. It's like, you know, he's, 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 that's not an easy thing to do, even if you're trying to do it uh, in a cheap way. Like he, he's like still, uh, but uh, the thing I was going to ask about was like this Sinbad thing, right? So the thing, like, you know, the Mandela effect thing of like, everybody has a collective memory of him as a genie oh, yeah. in some genie movie. Mm-hmm. Do, does that make, like, I've never talked to anybody about it really, but do you guys, is that re- like, do you have that memory in your head or, n- or no? Honestly, I, I think it's another thing where it's the Ben Carson, uh, Herman Cain thing. It's just a different <laughs> black guy was in a movie about it, about a genie right, and right, like everybody's right, right. just racist. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, yeah, I think it, it's probably that, but like, yeah, I don't know. I remember specifically well, him. He's kind of distinct, though. He's kind of a distinct guy. I think it's a combination of Sinbad existing and then also that cartoon movie that was like a Disney film that's called Sinbad. I was, and there's bro, a dude that's dressed kind of like uh, Aladdin. Uh, bro, this is, ex- this is exactly what I was just about to say is like, as you're saying that, I'm Googling it. Okay, right. The Sinbad... I think this is DreamWorks. It looks like DreamWorks, right? It's that kind of Treasure Island looking mm-hmm. aesthetic, mm-hmm. even though that was Disney. But yeah, like uh, Sands of Time type looking I, version yeah. shit. Yeah. This is, I think this is like a fucking, the fucking hive mind overlap thing it is. right here going yeah. on, which is, which, yeah, it's DreamWorks. Okay. I'm great. Uh, is, uh, <laughs> You got Sinbad, the comedian, and then you got Sinbad, the animated film, Mm -hmm. which then sort of looks enough like Aladdin. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it. I think that's what it is. It's like media and consumption content overload where just wires are just getting crossed. And then someone says like, you know, you remember like a genie Sinbad movie and you're trying to like rifle through everything and you're like, fuck, sure. Yeah, I kind of remember that. And then it just kind of gets passed on that way. Well, do you guys have that slob? Do you have that like vague memory of him? I totally as, like, do. I totally do. You do? I, okay, I like okay. I, I, do. I thought, well, that's the that's the thing. And that's why I made the connection, because it's like I think of Sinbad. I think of a genie. Right. Yeah. Which I'll say also, I think is uh, the other part of this that I think is causing the overlap is the film Kazam starring mm-hmm. Shaquille yeah. O'Neal. Yeah, bro. Absolutely. Yo, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that that's what's happening. Uh, yeah. And and then and then whenever I think of the Sinbad movie, which I had a Happy Meal toy of when I was uh, a child, um, I like I keep thinking that Sinbad is in the movie. Also, IMDb, no, it's Brad Pitt as Sinbad. But you see, there's so much overlap yeah. here. That's, um, that, yeah, that, that explains a lot. That, that, that I think I think that's sense. what it is. I think I think it's Sinbad, Sinbad and Kazam starring yeah. Shaquille O'Neal, <laughs> <laughs> which I also mix up with Shazam, the DC Comics character. Um, yeah, but that's a whole other. That was one of the like lower budget uh, movies that came out in the past couple of years, right? Yeah, which wasn't which wasn't terrible. I mean. I mean
that was part one of our episode. If you'd like to listen to part two, you can find that at patreon.com slash fedpost. Thanks for listening.